it's going to be a wild ride. So buckle yourselves in. Welcome to Stramash, the Scottish NFL podcast. We're one away from the milestone that is 250. And let me tell you, when we hit there, it'll be some night. Oh, what a night. Mid-November 2023 I've got half the podcast team with me As I remember what a night Right, I said that I was going to do that in the live event But I'm not, because I've got no one backing me So you can all enjoy it You can all enjoy it Speaking of shite bags, hang on a minute The crashing of the glasses My God, that's Charles Patterson's music He was attracted by the Jersey Boys song. Just in case anybody's wondering, none of our three chairs turned round. You won't be required to go through to the next round. Thank you for coming. We we did enjoy your... Um, well, we didn't, to be fair. <laughs> well, a slightly different start to the podcast this evening. Uh, for those you didn't that are know I was coming in, did you? Sorry. No, we didn't. And you just missed me doing something as well. I, I oh, just I'm bloody glad I did. You know what That's, they say, the best nights are the ones you don't plan. It's say. true, it's true. So so far this has all gone off the rails. Yes, on our Patreons chat, I made the proclamation that if the New York Giants were to score double digits at the weekend, that the podcast team would perform a live rendition of a four-season song at a live event at the Golf Tavern on November 26th. Um, the Giants proceeded to score double digits and a few more. So that, that had to come true, but none of the team would back me up. So what I decided to do was instead give you a little bit of a ditty there to um, to fulfil my do obligation uh, and let it be shared with everybody, no, no, not just, just those. To be very clear, Cameron is still going to perform that at the live event. Cameron did not speak for any of the rest of us when he said the Giants weren't going to score double digits. I would not have backed it. And in the chat, I did not back it. When it comes time <laughs> for the event, you will still sing and perform in front of people because you said you would. Well, let's we'll, start... be, we'll, we'll be the four seasons, but you can be Frankie Valley in the period where he split and went on his own. So you can do that all on your own. Can I also say it's nice to see Charles Patterson, clean shaven Charles Patterson. I was clean shaven very... last week. Looking very youthful. Uh, nah, there was a little bit of growth last week. You look very youthful, Charles. I don't know what you've been you've been drinking, but you look very youthful. Some elixir. I don't know whether take. to take that as a compliment or an insult, to be honest. But we'll uh, keep rolling. Obviously, a compliment, Charles. I don't I, do insults. I think it's it's because you're you're not the only non bearded freak on the podcast now. So there you go. <laughs> I actually think tonight. I don't know if it's the checked shirt as well, and this doesn't work well on a podcast. But you know, in Shrek Two, when Shrek turns into a human, I think Charles looks a bit like Shrek Two. When he's human. <laughs> Charles, just in case that's an insult, what I gave you earlier was nice. Okay? I don't know just where you watched it. That's clearly the, the last movie that Cameron watched was Shrek yeah. 2. Which I think says it all about your uh, movie choices. Um, so on the pod tonight, we have most of the voices you've already heard. We've got Paul Mitchell, we've got Gordon McGuinness, we've got Jamie Borthwick, we've now got Charles Patterson. We weren't expecting that. But Jamie, I'm going to start with you first of all. Were you surprised that the Giants scored double digits against the Cowboys? No, because where you went wrong with it, you never factored in the fact that they'd be so far behind that Dallas would stop caring. 
<laughs> just not play a defense. Just no. put in special teams for every play. No, exactly. They've already, they've already nailed the Giants this year. They didn't need to do it again. Any green shoots from that game for you at all? Or do you want to just draw a line under it and move on? Uh, no, no green shoots. Um, um, uh, it's awful. And they're in a really, really awful um, situation now in that they actually have a viable, competitive defence, but they're not getting to spend more than two minutes off the field at a time. So they are getting absolutely shattered and getting rolled over. And there's some offences that you can get away with that against, and you can't you can't get away with it against Dallas. You definitely can't get away with it against Dallas at home. So um, uh, it's, it's a really, really bad situation that they're in now because these players know that they're good, they know that they've, on the defence, they know that they're good and um, they're being embarrassed and they're not happy about it. It is a terrible situation or it's a brilliant a situation. perfect situation when you want to upgrade on Daniel Jones at quarterback because they're going to pick in the top two. Yeah, but, but players players don't look at it that way. They don't look no, at it like, oh, well, it's, fi- it's fine. We're being professionally embarrassed every year, but hey, we're going to get some hotshot out of college next year. That's fine. I also they think it's probably going to shaft uh, Dexter Lawrence. Like, legitimately mm. should be right up there with Miles Garrett for Defensive Player of the Year. He's not going to get a hope of it if the Giants win two games. No, no. There was a bit of a stuffy this week that he didn't do media and he said it was because it was his birthday and he had to go and see his family. But there's definitely a little bit of I am absolutely not opening my mouth, not after Xavier McKinney got in trouble last week um, and Wink Martindale did not take kindly to it. But it's it, it it's a bad situation in that if they were at least being competitive in games, then... They could just kind of roll, and no one's no one's being made to look a fool on a Sunday. Um, but it's getting to the point where, like, it, it feels like it's going to end badly for someone. I don't think it's going to end badly for Dayball because him and Shane are coming as a pair, and they've got so much credit in the bank. But you just wonder if there's going to have to be some ritualistic bloodletting uh, in there somewhere. Probably not a player, but it would be a concern if you're your wink or, or or Mike Kafka right now that they might have to be the, the, the sacrifice. Are you gonna roll with Tommy DeVito from here? I don't think it makes any difference. Tyro will probably be back in a couple of weeks. Um it's just <laughs> none of it none of it works on, on offense. The offensive line was rubbish when they had Daniel Jones. It's not got any better. They keep getting injured. Um, it's just like a it's a perfect storm of, of nonsense there and, and honestly Dable just needs to, to, to try and get something back on track to try and get the players calmed down and at least pulling together understanding alright we're going to be lucky to get many more wins um, this year but look it's a lot of these guys are still on rookie contracts and the ones that aren't probably knew already that they aren't going to be in the organisation next year so it's just about trying to put some perspective on it that way and trying to calm everyone down but right now wouldn't it be me trying to do that Yes indeed Um, Move on then so we had that game it was a blowout we called Thursday Night Football the Toilet Bowl Um, (laughs) actually there was three contenders for that so Paul I'm going to ask you which game was worse Bears Panthers, Patriots Colts Raiders Jets. Rank them best to worst. Oh, gee, was. Colts <laughs> Patriots was 
eye bleedingly bad. I think that would be the the first one. The Panthers Bears. Wow, that was tedious. And the Raiders was probably least bad because at least there's a story with the Raiders trying to come through with a new coach, and you know at least there was a tale to tell. Interesting what Jamie's talking about quarterback in, in New York. Both New York teams had the chance to go and if they wanted to get Carson Wentz and bring him in and have him play quarterback and give yourself a half chance. I would have thought the Giants might have been tempted. The Jets appear to think Zach Wilson is the second coming. The second coming of what? I've no idea. Um, but they keep giving him chance after chance after chance. But that Colts Patriots games, I mean, the throw to end the game effectively from Mac Jones was horrible. I know wasn't, Zach wasn't came him, on. It was no, they had, zappy. No, 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 no. The one before that, no, yeah. The yeah. one before that basically ended the game. I, for me, Zach, he was never going to do anything. I loved his fake spike. I mean, that didn't work either. But you're, you're looking at Mac Jones. He's got to score in that position. It was just awful. But that was the least bad of all the games. But yeah, if you flew to Germany, paid a fortune uh, to watch that, ah, well done. 16 points. Woof. The, the, the only thing I'll say about Zach Wilson is on the final play, which was a bit of a Hail Mary... I have no idea how he managed to get it anywhere near the end zone. It looked like he just, like he got so much power out of his arm on that throw. Now, ultimately, it didn't come to anything. It wasn't a million miles away. He didn't do anything like, wrong Wilson that could play, have got really. to it. He didn't, no. I thought. I mean, it, it was it was Tyler Conklin that actually stopped Garrett Wilson from catching it. Yeah. And <laughs> if, if he catches it, Garrett Wilson, then it's one of the plays of the year. So, I mean, look, Zach Wilson's not a very good quarterback and the offense, you can't dig yourself out of a hole with the final 30, 50 seconds or thereabouts and, you know, sugarcoat a crap performance. But they're, they're, like, they're, Zach they're, Wilson... they're in this weird vortex Bermuda Triangle at the moment where they haven't stuck and they haven't twisted. And they're wait, they're hoping that Rodgers makes this miraculous comeback in late December. And they need they need to be within touching distance of the seven seed for that to be worthwhile. But the Zach Wilson, I don't think, has been terrible. Like I think he's probably been about as good as he has been in his NFL career. Like marginally better than the abject disaster that was his first two seasons in the NFL. He's mobile. He can, you know, he's got like enough of an arm. For a team that has a good enough defense, like I think their plan with Zach Wilson was, look, we can get by and we can be around about five hundred when Aaron Rodgers comes back, and they might not be wrong. The fact that there's only five teams with a losing record in the AFC makes it really interesting. It's really it make, really makes it tight. really interesting when someone in this podcast tried to imply <laughs> that the NFC was a better conference about a month ago. I didn't say the NFC was a better conference. I never actually use those words. You've just created a story out of nothing. Usual bullshit from McGuinness. <laughs> clickbait. What's the podcast equivalent of clickbait? <laughs> Absolute total garbage. Yeah, because if you if you look at the AFC powerhouses, the Ravens, uh, the Bengals, the Bills, all had great weeks. So. Mm, yeah, they were really good, all those teams who we keep yeah, pumping up all, for the all, Super Bowl. All, just like the, that great that's, prediction that's last week that Brock Purdy's shit and then comes out with a good performance. He was, he was really good this week, wasn't he? <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> can, I, can I give you my favourite stat of the week? The Browns were all 59-1 and against AFC North teams when trailing by 14 points or more. 0-59-1 and one. and they trailed the Ravens for 59 minutes and 20 seconds on Sunday <laughs> almost, as good as, almost as good as the stat as uh, the team that's blown the most 
fourth quarter 10-point leads in the last two seasons is the Ravens. They've also had more leads than anyone else, though. So the, the ESPN stat that was going around was the Ravens have lost was it six games. Seven, I think, or seven. Seven games in the last two years where yep. they've had a 75% win percentage or better. The Ravens, that the, Ravens, the Ravens in the past two years have won 72.7% of the games when they've had a 10-plus point lead. So it just tracks pretty much to what the win percentage is. It doesn't, that argument doesn't make you trust of, them in a fight, in a close-knuckle fight, mind you. But hey, and is that argument not the case wrong. of, like... Um, middle-aged man that's just got divorced turned around going well at least i had a wife um it's kind of so what like you know you don't it's anymore it's just some, something you want to tell us cameron <laughs> my marriage has been brought into this podcast enough already i'm not doing it again no because i hate i hate to break it i hate to break it to the people on this podcast like charles and cameron who are desperate and praying for the raven's downfall no they're still seven and three hang on a minute there's a person in this podcast that predicted the ravens were going to win the super bowl live on radio scotland earlier this to the week. nation to the nation i yes. put my neck on the line for your lot just in case anyone he, didn't hear he about did, that he, he did left that to jinx them the, the int- <laughs> a horrible accusation how dare yeah. you you are so bitter and twisted, Gordon. You think you look there's ghosts around every single corner and they're all Cameron Hobbs shaped. Uh, <laughs> Sam Darnold in the MetLife just I, seeing I messaged, ghosts of me. I messaged Cameron on uh on Sunday. So he was he was trying to noise me up in the Patreons chat and I had to message him and be like I am watching the game. I'm not replying because I've got like two editors off sick and we're like scrambling to fix stuff. But later on, like when we were arguing back and forth in the Patreons chat I messaged him and I was like the people in that chat probably think that we genuinely hate each other and I'm just sitting like <laughs> laughing away as I think the message <laughs> out um, so yeah onwards and upwards um, Paul uh, our favourite quarterback outside of yourself returned to action this week as Jameis Winston came in to play uh, and started off brilliantly, really brought the Saints back in it, because up until that point, they had looked utterly ineffective. He turned things around on offense. Unfortunately, the train came off the track. It's so often the case, when you're having to push the ball down the field, mistakes are going to happen, right? Thanks, Cameron. Utter bollocks, as usual, but thank you. If you were watching Red Zone, you would have thought he was doing okay. If you were actually watching the game, I mean, the fir- or one of the drives... Than, was he better than Derek Carr? Let me finish my sentence. Yes. Uh, on the first drive, he should have been picked off. It was dropped. The second one was dropped. The third one, the ball was going nowhere, and they got called for some kind of holding. So the Saints got it again, and he threw the wonderful touchdown pass. So he basically should have been picked off. He was picked off three times. One of them was fine. The others. My problem with... Jameis Winston, because I've already seen the story should the Saints start Jameis for the rest of the season. We know what he can do. He's not going to do anything. He's going to do what he always does. He'll get us close. He'll throw interceptions and lose us games. And that's pretty much, we know that. They tried Taysom Hill. That didn't work. We've tried Jameis. That didn't work. Derek Carr's looking like it's not working either. Yet, for some mysterious reason, we're still top of the division, which is, you know, which is incredible. Somebody's got to win that. If, um, and if you no, we don't, because Dennis Allen will get sent off. Go back and listen to the post week one podcast when I believe I think it was week one. Sorry, week three podcast after the Saints and Packers game. 
and listen to Paul's reasoning on why Jameis Winston was <laughs> not better than Derek Carr in that game. And it was because Derek Carr led one touchdown drive through one touchdown in that game and Jameis Winston did not. Then we get to week 10 when they play the Vikings and in Derek Carr's time in that game, he throws no touchdowns. Jameis Winston throws two. And all of a sudden, Paul's opinion is, Jameis Winston, it's the other stuff he does that makes him not good enough, not the touchdowns he throws. Gordon, it's, it's all about growth in the game and growth in your <laughs> understanding. You've really got to get on board with this, my friend. Um, no, I mean, this, the Saints are in quarterback hell like other teams. If Carr's not hell. the answer, I don't think Winston's not the answer. Oh, yes, we are. You're in, self, yeah. you're in self-created um, purgatory. The same, the same and, you've got, the, and you've got two quarterbacks to choose from, neither of whom are going to win you the Super Bowl, but both well, of whom are better than Tommy DeVito. So feel for Jamie in this instance. Yeah, <laughs> we've got a coaching staff that don't appear to be up to the gig. Um, Mike Thomas went out very early in that game. Alavi, for some reason, they will not seem to call when cars on the field, which is a complete mystery. They didn't use Taysom Hill when hang on, hang on. Eric Carr is, went Is on. it a mystery? Because let's piece some of these pieces of this mystery together. Olave gets targeted more when Jameis Winston throws the ball. The coaching staff, you're saying, I mean, I doubt they're changing anything in terms of how they're calling stuff. It's simply that Winston's more likely to go to Olave, who's your best receiver, than Carr is. So that, that's, that to me is an issue. You can call that on Carr. You can call on the coaching staff. He's one of our most explosive players. He's not getting involved enough. Taysom Hill isn't getting involved enough. The Saints... Bizarrely, are top of their division, and it's it's well, not the only, the only, Again, it's not bizarre. It's because the other teams in the division are crap. Well, it, and so yeah, you're probably going to win it going away because they've got the easiest uh, running in in the entire NFL. They, they are top of a division of a team who are starting the first overall pick in the draft and have basically nothing around them. Uh, a team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who I've took this Baker year Mayfield. took this year <laughs> off to clear their cap, which the Saints have obviously never done with Baker Mayfield at quarterback, and uh, the Atlanta Falcons who have a head coach whose goal every time his offense is on the field is to get the ball to the most random players he has. <laughs> Rather than the players they drafted in the first round, and he does that. He does that really well. I don't know why you're taking the Mickey out. He does that incredibly well. Do you know the best bit about this is that the Saints are going to win the division. They're probably going to be the four seed. They never, you never, they might even be lucky enough to win the three seed. Okay, and then they will lose in the playoffs, and they will keep Dennis Allen, and they'll keep Jameis on the roster, and we get to do this with you all next year too. Here's and the thing: evidence right. stacks they're, up. They're on. They're on track to play. The runner-up in the NFC East, whoever wins that division, Dallas. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like Dallas are six and three. The Seahawks and the Niners are six and three. The Vikings are six and four. They could actually face any single one of those teams. Like the Vikings are still contenders with Dodds. Like what a turnaround in a career he's had. Um, what a great move for him it's turned out to be out of Arizona. We'll come to Arizona and the fact that they played Kyler Murray. We thought they were tanking, but Kyler's got something to say about that. Um, but the Vikings legitimately are doing really well, and they're doing it without the quarterback, and they're doing it without their best wide receiver. It's impressive. Justin Jefferson could be back next game, potentially. We said that they were watch. a good team. Yeah, yeah, they were they were fun to watch on Sunday. They they genuinely were with Dobbs. Yeah, terrific. What he's doing there, it's really cool. It's a great, great story. Um, so yeah, it looks like they will be. It was it will be the fourth team or something like that. Last twenty years to start as they've started and make it to the playoffs because I think they will get there. 
Uh, other couple of headlines while we've got people then. Uh, Charles Packers. Um, obviously, we're kind of hanging around in there, but no points at all in the fourth quarter. Ultimately, the undoing. A close game, but another defeat. Uh, I wouldn't say that was the undoing. Okay. I would say the um, fact that they couldn't stop the Steelers' run was the undoing. Anyway. Jalen Warren with 101 mm. yards. Quite an yeah. impressive day. I mean, Najee Harris with 82. It's been... Um, I think I thought Love played all right. You know, I mean, this is we're going around in circles again. We're discussing things we discussed in week one, and the fact that this is a transition year, it's a rebuilding year. Have you seen enough? Really see. Are you still not, seeing enough to keep going with them? It was, it, God, we come back to this every week. It's obsession with the quarterback. We've not seen enough of Love to make a decision on him. I don't think because I think the pieces around them are flawed. They've got the youngest offense by a country mile in the NFL. Um, they haven't got a consistency of platform in place. I think you've, okay. If you go through his skill set, has he got a big arm? Yes. Has he got mobility? Yes. Has he got accuracy? No, it's a bit like Josh Allen in year two, but that can come with the territory. And I don't think he'll ever be fully accurate, but then neither was Brett Favre. Uh, has he got a, a, aware, a game awareness? Can he make all the throws? Yes, he can. He's got a number one receiver in Christian Watson that seems to be unable to throw the, catch the ball. Um, he's got an offensive line that's like sliding doors every week. I think, by and large, the pass blocking's been pretty good, but that entire uh, offensive system is reliant on a good running game, and they've not had that all year. And when they did have it last week, it worked quite well. When they had it at the start of the year, the first two games of the season, it worked quite well. They're just they're a middle team. They're seven and ten, eight and nine. That's the way they'll be. I mean, they're playing the Chargers this weekend, and the Chargers' defense was good for three weeks and then conceded 41 points to the Lions. I have no idea what's going to happen in that game. Both teams are very similar. The only difference being that Herbert's a, a, an established top-quality quarterback and Jordan Love isn't. But I would not be surprised if it finishes 2017 to either side. You know? The Lions are impressive, though, right? Yeah, Let's go into that. Probably, probably game of the week. Uh, Lions Chargers and I think a lot of us kind of predicted that might be the case but it really was like um, great play from both teams a really entertaining game <laughs> are we now saying that the Lions are legitimately a contender to make it out of the NFC to the Super Bowl well they're still they're step behind Philadelphia and San yeah. Francisco I, said, I, I think I think they're if they played San Francisco tomorrow I'd be intrigued to see how that game went if, I don't, I don't if think they could beat Philadelphia if they could finish second seed overall, they have a very good chance of making it potentially to the championship game, though, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I don't think we should write off the Vikings, though, in that division. They're a game and a half back, and they play the they play the Lions twice, I think, right? Mm-hmm. In the last three twice weeks. Twice in the last three yeah. weeks, yeah. That'll so be fun. Keep, keep it within touching distance, and they might make it interesting. Yes. It would be a very Lions thing to do to blow it, having not won the division since 1990. So don't rule out. I I would say I feel sorry for Lions fans. And I would feel immensely sorry for them after all the big build up and the good season if the Vikings pit them in the final game of the year. But then, do you know what? If they finish as the five seed, they get to probably go and play uh, the Saints in the Superdome. And judging by uh, Paul's attitude, that's probably a, a win in the bag. So maybe that's the better way to get into the divisional round. 
Maybe it is. Um, right. So I think, well, well, yeah, I'll not talk about the Niners because I'll just be accused of being a homer. So we'll move on from that. Um, just having a look at the current odds on MVP, um, the Jared Goff odds have reduced somewhat. <laughs> Some places have him as tied fifth favourite. Have you been making cheeky bets, Gordon? I, not. I guarantee you, of all the stupid bets I've ever placed in my life, I will not ever bet on Jared Goff to win MVP. And he, he actually, <laughs> because he he's actually might, not a he very good it. quarterback. Since he, he might win it this year. The, the interesting thing, though, from a uh, if you look at his like passing touchdowns per game, there's a great breakdown of his home versus road, whereby. On, at home, I think he's under one touchdown per game, and on the road, sorry, at home he's over one and a half touchdowns a game. At home he's under one touchdown. On the road he's over under one touchdown a game. He's not very good on the the road in terms. It of says things. a lot though about a quarterback who can essentially be bombed out of a team that he took to the Super Bowl a few years before, and it's essentially be used as a garbage dump for a salary, and he's revitalized his career. I think it's quite a, you know, I think you have to take your hat off to him because nobody cared about him in that trade. Do you know who the the guy I would be uh, placing a bet on to win MVP right now would be? Dak Prescott. Because his odds are really high. He's like 30 to 1 or something. He's like outside the top 10. He's playing really well. And I think if he continues to play like this, the decision on whether or not he wins MVP will simply be do they catch the Eagles or not. And I don't mm. necessarily think they will, but I think the I think it's an easier um path than he's getting credit for just now. Uh the odds are better for Christian McCaffrey at the moment than Dak Prescott, which is interesting. There you go. Uh Let's turn our attention to Belter of the Week and we'll probably end up covering some of the other games. So we'll do these in alphabeticals as they come up. So CD Lamb in with a couple. Lord Callahan says, third straight week of 10 plus catches, 150 yards receiving. Something never done before since the 1970 merger. Add in the one receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown. And it's the first time since 1950 that this has happened. Only mitigation against this was it was, it was against Jamie's not Joss's giants. Hey. Took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> An impressive performance. Uh, record setting definitely deserves a shout. A whole bunch of nominations once again for CJ Stroud. Uh, Alex Beaton says, another great showing by Stroud. Didn't see the Texans having as good a record at this stage of the season. And most of that has to go down to his performances. Phil Spear says, yeah, again, tremendous maturity for one so young. Another game-winning drive. Top stuff. Special mention to kickers. Six walk-offs in one weekend. Unheard of. Even if one lad had two pops at it. I wonder which game that might have been in. I'm sure you enjoyed it, Phil. The Dan Campbell gets a couple of nominations. Steve Briggs says, I know this might be a bit niche, but I thought his decision to pass up a field goal attempt that would have put his team ahead against the Chargers towards the end of the fourth quarter, but left time on the clock when his D couldn't get a stop was excellent. More than that, he trusted Goff to get a first down and they kicked the winner as time expired. No chance of a reply. Can we... The most unlikely analytics king in NFL history is Dan Campbell, the guy who was talking about biting kneecaps. 
and the most aggressive coach when it comes to going for it on fourth down, going for two, all that stuff. It's phenomenal. Have you seen the quote he came out with today? Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. He asked about his appetite for taking fourth down risks. Dan Campbell said on the radio, this is what I would say because I tell my family this, just wear a diaper before some of these games. I'll give them an alert and say, put them on and be ready to roll. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, Reese Nunes has nominated MCDC. Is that a nickname for Dan Campbell that I'm unfamiliar with? No idea. <laughs> I, I, I can only assume because the what he says is balls of steel and got the win. Belter. I like to think he does everything oh. with the same intensity. Oh, like, Motor City Dan Campbell. Yeah, Motor City Dan, fine. Um, like reading to his kids at night, just screaming in near tears and uh, in relief when the hungry caterpillar <laughs> becomes a butterfly. <laughs> Right, uh, a bunch of people have nominated the Lions and the Chargers for the game they put on. Peter Coyne says, for putting on a fantastic offensive offensive spectacle. Uh, Kieran Vance says, with so much bad line play by the offences around the league, it was good to see the Lions and Chargers O-lines dominate and make for a very interesting shootout. Dan Campbell gets a lot of credit for deciding to trust his offence and go for it in fourth and two to effectively seal the game. So, yeah, kudos there. Josh Dobbs gets a nomination from Mark McEwen. Just a solid performance again that needs recognition. Keenan Allen gets one from Kenny Law. Superb performance. Even carrying a knock that had him set out for portions of the game, he produced a receiving masterclass. Some effort at 31 years old. Denver Broncos get a nomination from Joe Stephen. Struggled to pick this week, but we'll go the Broncos because that was pretty fucking funny. Uh, I'll take a side <laughs> note there to say that I spoke to my dad yesterday. He told me he listens to this podcast and he wanted to tell me that sometimes there's too much swearing on my part. So, Dad, it's someone else's words. Someone else's words. Thanks for listening. Uh, the last nomination comes from Brian Dando for the Niners defense. Bounced back and dominated a potential playoff contender. We didn't really touch on that, but let's just touch on it briefly. We needed a response. We got one. Uh, Exactly what needed to happen. Trent Williams, clearly a key factor. Got both lines together, apparently, before the game. Told them exactly what was needed off them, and they delivered uh, a good performance. Need to keep that up, though. So that's all the nominations. Does anyone have any other names that they want to throw into the hat? Nope, right. (laughs) (laughs) We're picking. Who are we picking? The the only the only I'm gonna speak against someone Ooh. and I don't think you can give it to CJ Stroud because as good as a lot of the stuff he did at the end of the game was, he also had a horrible interception that let the Bengals right back into it. And had it not been for a Tyler Boyd drop, I don't think he even gets the opportunity to drive down the field. So pick someone other than CJ Stroud and I think it's fine. I don't I don't think you can give the belter to a game, but obviously that um, that Chargers Lions game was the best thing on this weekend. So it's compelling. Dan Campbell's the compelling shout, isn't it? Having making that decision towards the end and just being someone that everyone seems to bloody love. My my observation would be: it's hard to imagine that the Chargers Lions played the same game as the Patriots and the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh lord. So so different. Dan Campbell will will get it for me. He's he's just tremendous. And uh, you know what? There's a bit of bluster there, but there's a lot of thought behind that as well. I think there's a lot more thought behind him than than we perhaps give him credit for. Um, and good on him. Charles, anything to add? Um, I always try and go outside the box, look for something different. Um, what have we not covered? I'm looking at this and I'm thinking. What's the biggest story of the week? 
biggest story of the week is that the Browns came back from the dead to beat the um, Super Bowl tipped Ravens. I would say. Um, it finished I, well for Deshaun Watson. Even though he's he, even, well, even though he is, uh, even though he's a sex pest, he played very, very well. So you know, no, there's somebody. So, sorry, absolutely. Here we go. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. The opening play of the game, the Ravens' first round pick from a year ago walked into the end zone. Uh, hi. It was beautiful. Opening, opening play of the game matters. Hee haw when you win the game. Doesn't matter. Irrelevant. Do you think maybe the defense? You, you've given Lamar, you've given Lamar and all sorts of various Ravens complete kudos over the years, especially this season. Even when they've done dumb stuff. Listen, the bottom line is this: Deshaun Watson's not going to win it, but I'm here to wind you up. All right, and I think you have to admit That's... for the first time he uh, concocted a drive at the end of magnificent. Don't use the word concocted when you're talking about Deshaun Watson. That's well, his, that's libelous. Your film, libelous. Okay, his, his um, let's give it to Dak Prescott. <laughs> Yeah. Let's give it good to choice. Dak Prescott. Good choice. Dak Prescott right. came against the Giants. I, it's a good shout. Why I, do you think I came on tonight without telling anybody? So I, 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 you up. <laughs> I think that the I do think that Dak Prescott falls foul of the same reason that CD Lamb doesn't get it because these are impressive performances. But, but it was does it count? Game. Does it count when you're place, basically playing against a pub team? Well, this is I don't it. think it so, does. I, and it wasn't a pub defense, but it was an exhausted defense. So it was ah, exploited. It, it, it must... They must have had about 73 drives. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I reckon I could get a yard out of 73 oh, drives. No, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> Moving well, on. Can we add that the defence I'm up against has played against 73 drives before they have to face me? No. And then I still get my yard. Oh, fine. So I, I, anyway, we had a quorum. We had Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, I'm going to put in for there as well. Um, Dan Campbell is the belter of the week. Let's move on to team of the week now because obviously Dan Campbell can't get in it. However, Dak Prescott could go into this one. Yeah. He did still have a passer rating of 138.3, four touchdowns, and the interception 404 yards. Fine against a busted defense, but still an impressive performance. You can only beat what's in, put in front of you. Any objections? No. no. Just put them in. I can't object to that. Sorry, Jamie. Right. Um, what about the O-line, though? Which one does he play behind? I thought it was a really interesting point that both the Lions and the Chargers, O-lines were good. Bolts were also very good. Yes. I thought the Vikings O-line was decent as well. Mm. Any any strong opinions? This Never is the have we care least about, about O-line. Exactly. Correct. I, the only strong opinion I've got is we cannot give any award to that bloody international game in Germany. Uh, I don't care who it is. <laughs> unless, you, unless you were looking for shittest game with Mexican wave and shittest game with bad music. Oh, Just as well, they've got hundreds God. of thousands of people trying to get into games. That would get the game stopped. That was awful. So no, we're not giving it to the Colts. I'm going to give it to the I Chargers. Have... I think the Chargers. Jamie. What? I, I, it's just I, I heard the, the the game of flag football that the Germans played at halftime was really good. It did look pretty good. I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty, it's pretty class. They're also, going for the Olympic gold medal. Also, <laughs> can we stop doing this nonsense anytime there's a bad European game where we talk about how bad the game was? America has countless bad games every single week. Like I, I I agree, but there's just something that they will not admit that they're shit games. This this is part of the problem. The broadcasters oh. do you know, still do, build them do up. Do you know the irony of this not, is that, and that annoys me. 
be about your is that you're slaughtering fans for singing Country Roads or Sweet Caroline, and yet we we're talking about an NF, NFL as a product from the United States, and there has not been one decent chant that's ever come out of any sports event in the United States in the history of sport. Oh no no no! I am sorry. Ever. I am sorry. Apart from USA. No no no! I'm sorry. If you cannot appreciate, fine. To win, then I don't know what your what your opinion is on anything. That is an all-time banger and biting kneecaps as well. Come on, right? The LA Chargers is who we're putting in. There's bring this back on track. The the running back of the week. There, there's a few people getting this conversation, right? Uh, Let's give it to running back room. Well, I mean, this is it. So this, the Steelers is is an interesting one, right? And the because Lions. They were tremendous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Montgomery uh, and Gibbs, who really is quite an exciting prospect. And you're starting to see why the Lions went and got him. But, you know, Devin Singletary, is that the best performance he's ever had in his career? Like 150 yards. On, yeah. on, on 30 carries. Let's on 30 carries. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair got enough. a lot of work. So Montgomery getting 116 and a touchdown off of 12, then it's pretty impressive. Obviously, that, that was big, massive well. long. Yep. I didn't get a touchdown, though. They tried everything they could to give him it, and he couldn't get into the end zone. I felt for him. That was a shame. But So is it, then, is it Singletary because he could get it done with all those carries? Is it Montgomery? Is it somebody else? Give it to Singletary because he's never going to win ever anything ever again. So okay. there you go. Also came in a winning effort. I think you know. Yeah. I, I know Montgomery's did as well, but single to tell you what, they the, they're starting to look very very interesting. I mean, the Texans can they overtake the Jags? Come the end of the year, they are really fun to watch. I think as well, which is interesting on both sides of the ball. I, I feel I used to have a bit of a soft spot for the Texans when I got back into the NFL again. And that went away in recent years for reasons. It's come back again. I've got a wee soft spot for them. I like to see them do well. Obviously, your pal Bobby's there, uh, Gordon. So you've got a soft spot. But uh, Ryan's obviously is the head coach. You've got an affinity there. It's they're a nice team. That's I, I, I like where they're going. It feels like they've got a direction at the moment. I also like the fact that so. The fact that they are... I, I didn't love them trading away next year's first-round pick to get Will Anderson. And he's been really good, so they've been kind of vindicated for that. But also, because you don't have a first-round pick in year two, your rebuild, really doesn't matter how many games you win. So if they finish just shy of the playoffs or they make the wild card and they get beat, they're not really hurting themselves in their terms of their own development. So fun, fun team. Hi, end. Who are we putting in here? It feels like there's three names we need to put into the mix. You got to give there's... it to. You have to give it. Go on, on you go. I know who. I was T.J. Hawkinson for his 134 yards and a touchdown. No. Trey McBride that was against the Saints. That doesn't count. It's, it's, Trey... it's Trey McBride. <laughs> it's, 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 it's Trey McBride, and it's Trey McBride because this is an outrageous stat. So he had 131 yards, the most by a tight Carlos tight end since 1970. That's insane. I heard another thing this week that he's the first Cardinals tight end to go over 100 yards in a game in 37 years. He's the, How he's bad the first, have they been? He's the first Cardinals good tight end since Rod Tidwell. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. true. And that um, was, yeah, about 20, 
seven years ago. Yeah, I must be pushing there. Show, hey, show him the money. You need to show him the money. <laughs> it's something I never really clicked to. Like, name a Cardinals tight end. end. <laughs> and actually, I'd really struggle to do so. Fair enough. Okay, McBride gets in there. And then we need wide receivers. And actually, CD Lamb, for his impressive performance, got outperformed by quite a few, although I suppose he had contributed on the ground as well. But Keenan Allen, Brandon Cooks, um, Noah Brown, obviously, what a turnaround he has in his career. Amon Rasset Brown was tremendous. I thought Mike Evans uh, was very, very good. Really strong, that one, where he mm. fought into the end zone. Carrying folk. Um, I, had, um, I had a bit of a, just a sidetrack here, I, had a, I spoke to uh, someone who I work with today who is a uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, and he went, do you know, I can see the early glimmers of a rebirth for Baker Mayfield. I think he might be our franchise guy. I said, I'm going to mention this on the podcast because Gordon is going to absolutely let rip on this. <laughs> like, he's a fine bridge quarterback, right? Draft, and it's a deep class next year. Sign Baker for maybe two years after this. Draft a guy in the first round. That puts you in better shape than he is our franchise quarterback. He's not. That's, that's nonsense. I am all for Baker Mayfield being the franchise quarterback of the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think it's a wonderful idea. I really hate to break it to you, but based on the past like five years, that's still going to be better than the Saints trot out. There. <laughs> I, I don't doubt that, Gordon, but at least give us a wee chance. Come on. Glimmer of hope somewhere along the line. But controversially, can I say that we do the same thing we did last week here and only have two wide receivers and put Hawkinson in as the as the flex guy? Because him and Oof. him and McBride were right there. Um if you want to put Hawkinson in. Makes it makes a life easier. I, I tell you, it comes back to fun players to watch. He was fun to watch, even though he was doing it against the Saints. He was fun to watch. Yeah. Okay, what are our two receivers then? Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Yeah. And then Amon St. Brown. Is it Amon yeah. Rasset Brown or is it yep. Noah Brown? No. Noah Brown Amon did Rasset. well. Noah Brown Am- did well. I think we gave him we gave him a spot last week because we said he'll yep. never be in this position again. So he's automatically <laughs> disqualified from making it for the second week in a row. I love as well that Cooks and Lamb are just wiped off as well because it was against the Giants. And we've got Prescott right. in there. So that's the, that's as much as they're getting and you'll be happy with it. Right, okay. So there you go. That's our team of the week. We've got Dak Prescott in it, quarterback behind the LA Chargers line. Singletary as he's running back. He's got two towers of uh, tight ends and Hawkinson and McBride and two wide receivers in Allen and St. Brown. And that team beats the team of last week 100 times out of 100 on offense. Just going oh, to yes. say that right now. <laughs> the one last week was a jobby, but they did brilliant, right? So uh, we need to turn now to Rants, and let's have a look and see. What We're going to be getting a saying. rant from your dad about your language. There was no I... need to use the J word there. You could have used something else. You're going to have to just try and lift <laughs> the it. J a little word. Bit. Come on. What was what was the J word? <laughs> the J word. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm above <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> You listen back. You see, you see the disappointment in your dad's eyes when you go and see him next. You know that <laughs> shake of the head and thinking, "I thought I taught you better, more of a vocabulary than the J word." The bleep L- machine will be coming out again. Lauren Callahan's rant. 
Should the NFL drug alcohol test the replay officials, particularly the crew that ruled the Steelers' pass <laughs> forward? Perhaps the NFL was just helping Charles out by giving him another week off the podcast. No, Charles has turned up. The only thing that Charles cares more about uh, the Packers losing is the Ravens getting an embarrassing last-minute defeat that he can <laughs> jump on and get stuck in it. So, um, that was a shocker, though. Like we're, we're, There's been call. so much chat about, let's use the replay officials more. Let's use the replay officials more. We um, used the replay officials and they went, no. Nah, point, point of order, I think I said on the podcast last week that I'm just about done with replay across sport in general. And don't you worry, there will be an incident in the NFL where they, they fuck up and then people are going to have to talk about replay. And what had happened it happened about four days later look replay is there to correct mistakes that's it okay if you're going to use it properly everyone's got to be trained in using it properly how they came to that conclusion i have no idea i don't go on about referees on this because there's no point i'm not some kind of bitter and twisted mitchellite it's there's no there is no purpose to it you can't once it's done it's done but the there is absolutely no sane reason why they would make that decision and it was a game-changing play but i'm over it it doesn't it doesn't bother me it, it the, the issue comes down to the fact that there should be human error in sport and then we should be able to sit and talk about it and there's too much there's too much instant replay debate and nonsense that goes on after game after game after game in every sport so in, interesting on that that is where you should be able to slow it down and see it and get it right i saw it once and immediately knew so, I mean, it wasn't even difficult, whereas in other sports, slowing stuff down actually makes it worse because it makes anything look like anything. And we've got to get away from that. But in that's, the NFL, that, that's, 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 you the, can see that's, that's the, not the line, Paul. You've, you've surely seen the Vox Pop. That, that, that's, the, that's the line folk use about VAR to try and excuse a guy going in studs up on someone like, oh, oh if you, you, if you, you can slow, make, if you give you a can freeze make anything frame look bad. End, you can make anything look bad. I mean, that, that that's just how it is. You can make anything look bad. Do you, know, do you know the one angle that popped up, which they didn't apparently have live on that call, came from some kind of sideline camera, of which popped up on social media after the game, of, and I, I think a fan videoed it and put it out. They didn't have <laughs> an acceptable angle of the incident, which to me is a bit bizarre, considering you should have a camera on the line of scrimmage. Anyway, you could you should have they should have been able to tell they cocked it up. Look at it, it had an it had a debate on Crawford the game. Allen say Crawford, we need someone to draw some lines on this. Oh God. On this screen. Just make, don't make the marker pen too thick. You've got you've got a team of a team of absolute guys who can make it happen for us. <laughs> uh, Jamie, I'm going to stick with you because you've you've spent a lot of your career interviewing managers in difficult positions, which sounds like a sentence that's a bit more leading than it was what? meant to be. I always like doing the same game as Jamie because I mean, he's like he's like an origami shape every time he tries to interview a manager polite. in a different position. It's anyway. Great. So Cameron Christie, his rant is, why does Robert Salah keep praising Zach Wilson? He's just lying to himself and everyone else. Everyone knows the guy stinks, and this is why they went out to get Rodgers. Why would uh, Salah be praising Zach Wilson, do you think? You don't really want to call the most important person in your team shite, do you? <laughs> Um, like, um, genuinely, what what would be the point in that? Like, he would get much more criticism if he came out and went, "Oh well, he's absolutely bobbins," but we're stuck with him until <laughs> <Aaron's back." laughs> I, 
there's no value in doing that and also like he he really is like backup quarterback level so your backup quarterback's playing for you and he's playing like backup quarterback yeah there's a fine line though between accepting that and talking about that and then answering the question of should you have gone out and got somebody else by going no 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 we're quite happy with him we think he can do a good job you're lying to yourself you're lying to your fans you're also lying to your locker room and eventually that will come back to bite them who else would they go out and get though well but this is the great well i mean they had the option they had the op they had the option they had the option to go and do what minnesota vikings did they could have gone and traded for josh dobbs and they were probably arguably in a better position than the Vikings in terms of the potential that they've got in their on their defense to actually go and do something about it. It, it comes down to the will and the way in terms of do you believe that somebody's going to improve your team? And the Vikings thought, you know what, this guy will, so we got him in. They genuinely believe that Zach Wilson is a better option than him. It's, and that's up to them. That's their prerogative. But it's it's interesting. They're only one game behind the Bills and they've got a game in hand. So, you know, it's. I think it's one of those where the question there, and I think it's valid, right? They could have gone and got Dodds. Is Dodds enough of an upgrade Dobbs. for Zach Dawson? Well, That's what I said. The, no, you didn't. You, said no, you didn't. you definitely You're, said Dodds. You said, you said Dodds, Dodds as in Billy Dodds. <laughs> Billy Dodds. Billy Dodds. That is the easiest, easiest name you've messed up this year so far. Well done. <laughs> so... <laughs> Dobbs, <laughs> is Dobbs enough of an upgrade over Zach Wilson for the period of time you expect him still to be at starting yes. position worth a pick? And is it worth enough of a high enough pick that you're willing to give up that the Cardinals are willing to take? A sixth rounder. Give up. Well, specifically yeah, but... on Dobbs, this is absolute captain hindsight stuff because nobody <laughs> saw him being as good for the Vikings as he has been. Exactly. I love Captain Hindsight as a nickname for Charles. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, had he, been, had he been good in Arizona? No, he hadn't been, but he'd been better than Zach Wilson. That's the point. The, the, if, you, if you look at the Jets and what they were trying to achieve this year, they were tipped as a, as a potential Super Bowl team. That got blown out of the water in the first game. Okay. They were tipped as a, one of the four or five uh, teams they that won could their reach first the Super game. Bowl. Yeah, they but beat no, the Bills but, in but the, the first game. The whole concept of them getting to that level of the championship game was blown away because it was all focused on Aaron Rodgers. All you can, as Gordon quite rightly said earlier on, all you can do is try and be competitive. There have been games where their offense has not even been remotely competitive. How do you improve that? You get in the best person for the job or you ride with Zach Wilson. And Robert Salah is now in a position where he has to believe that when he says it and he's now not even sounding believable. I, I, I think he's being genuine when he says it. I think they looked at the situation because it's not, what you need to remember as well is it's not as simple as how good is Zach Wilson versus how good is Josh Dobbs. It's we need to get someone new in, they need to learn our playbook and they need to do this. Zach Wilson knew their offense to the point they they thought, okay, right, we can function enough and we can be competitive. And the Jets have been. Look at the record. They're what? I, Two, yeah, two but it's been carried by their defence. And I think the argument that you but, have to learn the playbook was... was blown out of the water by what? Josh Jobs coming in with 24 hours notice, Did you learning the plays Josh... on the sideline and still winning. Josh I think Dobbs. He, called him... he said Jobs No, there. no, it's all right. He You've already cocked it up. Don't try and... <laughs> Don't try and pass the buck. I'll put you in the file if I listen back and you've said you know jobs. What? I'll hold my hands up and I'll wait for the 5 million Jets fans listening to this podcast to come on and slaughter me for suggesting that Zach Wilson is not as good as Josh Dobbs. 
on you go. I'll wait for that. I'll last, take that next week. Last no. Um, if any Jets at, fans actually listen to this podcast. But anyway. There's definitely a few. Uh, let's, other rants. Lee says, a minor gripe. I could see the Broncos' offense isn't world beaters, but when you win two games that you should have been hammered in against the Chiefs and the Bills, and the first three articles you see are Brown, uh, Broncos fans saying, we're going nowhere with this offense, it does get on my tits. <laughs> The... <laughs> See, your dad's going to be disappointed again. I know you're quoting people, but you're really going to have to start. I think right. I, I think my dad's okay with tits. I'll be honest. I think I'm sure he is. Right <laughs> there, um, there's the quote from the episode. We need to talk about tits and jobbies. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he was brought up. Anyway, the the Broncos' success is down to one thing. That's obviously the coaching genius that is Sean Payton. So all good. <laughs> But they're, they're Paul, improving, Paul, right? They're as, as, Paul and, as Paul sits and as Paul sits and sees the Saints season fall apart, he is uh, consoling himself by suckling at Daddy Payton's teat as the Broncos look happy. <laughs> the, the irony that the, the irony that the Broncos and the Saints are both at five and five, so there's absolutely nothing to choose between them. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, Jason Hoffman, the bumbling Buffalo Bills, <coughs> more swearing. What a pile of shite! Whatever is going on internally at one Bills drive, they've taken the joy out of Josh Allen's play. He's like a shell of his 2020 21 best. Dorsey fired, internal strife, an injury list on D to cry about, and playoff hopes hanging by a thread from a supposed SB contender. So, what better time to choose to go see the Bills? Jets in Buffalo. Ha ha, what a fud. I am the Bob Bag of the Week. That's very that's very harsh. You should never consider yourself a Bob Bag for tying your happiness to a sporting team. We all do it and we all we all are made horribly miserable for, from it. It's not it's not his fault. The the Bills thing's mad though. Like Dorsey being fired, unless you're saying that the reason why they're turning the ball over is him, which Based on the turnovers last night, I don't really think you can be saying that. Like the the interception last night was a tip pass. The fumble was James Cook on his own. James Cook had another two fumbles, one that he did recover, one was a kind of mesh point thing. But the Bills offense has been one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL this year. So it feels like and it'll probably work out fine for them because I think that the turnovers and the issues with the Bills it's just a bit of noise that just happens in the NFL. It's a small sample size sport when you compare it to baseball and basketball. So I think the Bills were always going to get back on track. Them going from Ken Dorsey to Joe Brady, I don't think changes anything. But when it does, when they continue to get better, we're going to say, oh, it's because Ken Dorsey was a rubbish offensive coordinator. Meanwhile, Dorsey's going to go somewhere else next year and be a good offensive coordinator. Just scapegoat to try and push the season on. I will say, though... Trayvon Diggs, been very outspoken about his brother and Josh Allen and all those things. Before the season, we were all told that any discontent between Diggs and Josh Allen and Buffalo was all media nonsense and media was ignoring different stories and all that stuff. When your own, when your own brother's tweeting it, maybe the media had something to report on after all. <laughs> 
I need to come back around to the rants uh, and come back to the backwards throw. Sorry, the forwards throw that was called oh. backwards. Kenny Law also brought that one up, um, but he started his rant with stool butter. So uh, I just thought I'd mention that, and I don't think it's worth going any further than that. Um, one one oh, of the best-selling gifts this Christmas, stool butter. Stramash stool butter available. The <laughs> camera will be packaging it up. If you want, what, fifteen ninety nine plus post and packaging, you can get your stool butter from Cameron. There we'll even that. deliver it to you personally. That's why Ian Stephen isn't on the pod tonight. He's uh, he's producing. Um, uh, well, so, you, so my my question for Kenny in the chat, which I don't think he's responded to yet, was <laughs> if if still bitter is correct, and still butter and all correct, like what are you searching for? And the only thing it reminded me of is. There's a clip from it's a podcast with Jordan North and some posh guy. Uh, is it I sexted my boss or it's not? It's not my dad wrote a porno. It's the other one, and he's telling this story of how <laughs> of how this guy like and his uni roommates had this idea that it would be funny whereby if he had a jobby somewhere. And they couldn't find it. He won, and he hid it in like melted butter and put it back in the fridge. So it was like literal stool butter. And that's, the only thing is like, how how is Kenny Law like? Does he really like this clip? And he's just been searching every word he can. Jobby margarine, stool butter, crap <laughs> lard. Your podcast list is way, way different to mine. You're going to have to send me some of these links. Oh, I, I would point out as well, it's not a podcast list. I am an avid, avid time waster on Instagram reels. So if there is a viral clip from any podcast on the planet, I have probably seen it. <laughs> um, I've got two more to run through here that I think I'll touch on. One of them is a, a preemptive shot at you, Gordon, given what you've actually come in with, but I don't think it was intended. Uh, Ross Black, his run is for Dak fucking Prescott. An above average quarterback at best, but with the Cowboys' insistence on keeping him in the game and keeping him throwing, he's getting rave reviews. Stat padding like fuck and is now apparently in the MVP conversation. Do me a favour. It was against the Giants for God's sake. Yeah, the usual talking heads in the States have got my back up about this. I really should know better. They, they took him out of the game. Eventually. <laughs> eventually. At 404 yards, they could have taken him out earlier. Anyway, yes. Right, the last one, Steve Briggs, Matt Eberflus. He's a fud. He treats every player <laughs> as a state secret and wants to give nothing away, but he's so shite at it that he fucks it up. My dad's going to, like, I'm going to be Your up for adoption, honestly. <laughs> honestly. They won, a game. Oh. they won the game last week, and he's still going off on one. At a press conference last week, he says Fields is out for Thursday. Bajant will start. Then he's asked what factors were in the making making in the decision to rule Fields out, to which he replied that they were still evaluating Fields. Couldn't say what they were evaluating, but that he, Fields, was doubtful. Not surprisingly, press then said, hold on, you said Fields was out. He's doubtful, says Fluce. Which is it, the press ask? Out, like you said, or doubtful, as you've just said. His sideline comment at the half against the Panthers about having up their sleeve for the second half was another example of the press having been asking him since... Another example of what the press have been asking him since what it... I don't know how that ends, right? I can't... 
This isn't a rant. This is just a complicated... Matt Eberflus lives on the podcast. Fantastic. Cameron, can you tell us which way it is? Or are, you, are you able to finish the sentence or are you not? It's a simple, it's a simple question. Okay. I, you know, Jamie... Jamie will take a position and ask the question in a different way, but that, that's my question for you just now. I, it's, there's just no commas here. I've, I apologise, Steve. The commas, <laughs> the lack of commas threw me off. Right, let me try this one again. His sideline comment at the half against the Panthers about something up their sleeve for the second half was another example. And the press have been asking him since, what was it to that he had up his sleeve? And he hasn't answered. What the hell? Yeah, this this segment's gone downhill fast. Yeah, um, if you're going to send in a rant in future, all listeners, Add please, make sure that, please make sure that it has good grammar, good punctuation, so that Cameron can actually read it without A, mispronouncing your player that you're ranting about's name, and B, actually being able to read it. Why do you put it in a bigger font, Cameron? I, it's probably a good idea. And also, if people could write names phonetically, that would be a massive help for me as well. I'll be perfectly honest. Yeah, that's not on Steve. That's 100% on me. The, the best part that's is the, the timing of uh, this, as I'm looking on Twitter just now, is Bigger McFarlane has asked, uh, a question and his grammar and spacing and everything is incredible. So his, his rant is que- question takes two new lines. Why are we accepting the most turnover prone quarterback in NFL? Space comma immediately next part starts no space Josh Allen space comma space just because of his potential to be great, which we haven't seen the greatness nearly enough juxtapose that to Dak, who had one year of high turnovers and we were ready to throw him to the curve. 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 <laughs> C-U-R-V-E. <laughs> yeah, that's I wonder, why, I, love... I wonder why Booger didn't uh, keep that position that he had. On, he was uh, great yeah. on Monday Night Football. Yeah, Monday he night came football. out with some belters. Yeah, they did. They did. Right, uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, let's talk about our live event. Because um, after all that nonsense, we've got to try and sell that. Do come and join us. On Sunday, the 26th of November, as we're returning once again to the Golf Tavern. Anyone that's been before will know. It's an afternoon of nonsense as we build up. Doors will open from about four o'clock. We'll get things going at about half four. An hour-long blether. We'll have loads of giveaways and competitions. And then we'll give you plenty of time to get your teams and fantasies sorted out ahead of Red Zone. We'll sit down together, watch Red Zone, uh, and we'll get food. And we'll have a good old time. And time out. Time out. We're, we're, we do not want to sort out your fantasies. Okay. <laughs> That's just something that we're not getting involved in. If you need a private word with Ian or Charles, we can arrange it, but we are not going into your fantasies. Okay. Back to you, Cameron. Unless, of course, it's uh, smash stool butter and then come come hit us up. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, Cameron's, fa- Cameron's fantasies of tits and jobbies. <laughs> um, I see that Paul, uh, someone used the word teat shortly. I thought it was uh, Charles. That's obviously the educated way of saying tits, right? I meant to call that out earlier. I didn't say that. No, no, it was me. Only you. Daddy Payton's teat. Oh, yeah. Like, that's just the. Because if you're saying suckling at, I'm pretty sure. Yes, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I was just there, right? It's lost. So, this episode's unrateable, isn't it? How are we made it? How have we always made it to 250 How are people still listening? How, 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 how has this type of podcast happened on a show that Ian is not on? I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So, yes, right, do come and join us. Tickets, look online. Uh, it's £5. All money raised goes towards buying uh, things that we can give away on the night. We uh, have a number in our head. We're not going to say it out loud, but if we hit that, there's going to be a special raffle prize that we've had donated to us by a listener, but it's class um, uh, and it's relevant because it's a QB1 at the moment and it's something signed by them saying no more than that. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Four Seasons LP signed by Tommy. No, it's not. Um, But do come and join us. It'll be it's always good fun. It's always a laugh. There's some great games on that night. But before we get to that, let's turn our attention very quickly to week eleven. And all I'm going to ask each of you uh, is to look up the fixtures and tell me the one that you're most looking forward to. Gordon, I'm going to start with you, and I'm hopeful. Sorry, Paul jumped in there, but I've got to start. Yeah, with I was. I was just going to say while while the guys are thinking about that, I'm just thinking the first game that's going to be flexed out of. Uh, Monday night or Sunday night football will be Packers Giants. Monday night football looks set to get flexed out because uh, nobody wants to watch the Packers play the Giants. So that is why that flexed to where? Um, that will get flexed moon, back to a Sunday, and they'll bring it back. Uh, they'll pick something else. But that—that's the one. No, they can't bring it back to the Sunday because they're at home, and the Jets are also at home. I'm sure that's a double bet life weekend. I I don't see it. Is that is that actually being reported? Because I would be stunned if they move Giants and Packers out of prime time. Just yeah, I've seen it. I I have seen it. Well, in terms of rating, just I have seen it as mooted as that will be the first one to go. Potentially Packers. They've got to flex something in though as well. They need to pick something that's worthwhile. That's the other thing. But I mean, the moment you're looking at three and six and two and eight, you have to actually say the one the following week, Chiefs Patriots. Um, is in there? You've no idea. That's arguably but... worse. Yeah. yeah well, so the Jets, the Jets play the Texans at six o'clock on the unless they flex it out for that. I, that's a good game. I don't know why they would put the Jets in prime time again. Because it's like, better than I the mean, Giants. I mean, and the rate, ratings. I guess I don't see that. I'd I'd be surprised if that move happens. Anyway, to it's also one point. of those nights though where there's two Monday night games because Dolphins Titans is also Monday night football. Oh, so they're in three games on Monday night. So it might be that they're flexing out what's on the telly to go with Dolphins Titans instead. Anyway. I to answer your question, so I had not actually looked at the slate of games this week, and they are absolutely horrible with a couple of exceptions. So I'm going to go for I'm not going to pick the obvious one because actually I'm relatively nervous and dreading that. I'll pretend that that's not the case if the Ravens win. Uh, Eagles Chiefs Monday night. Bengals have never won away on Thursday night football. Not Jesus. Ever. The only team in the NFL to have never won a road game on Thursday night football. That's quite a statistic. 14 defeats. 14. But at some point, they're going to win one. Yeah. Inevitably, law of average suggests. I also, also think the Bengals are the Bengals are more desperate. Same thing with the Browns game last week. The Ravens need to play a bit more desperate. So if that's not the game you're looking forward to, which one is? And I'm giving you the nice, easy get-out-of-jail card because there's not that many, but there's a couple of stores. Do you not need to name a person after that because I gave the first one? Oh, right, well, fine. Yeah, it's fine. Jamie, Oof. we'll come to you next. It's it's not a great slate, is it? It really isn't. Uh... <laughs> Vikings-Broncos could be good. Um, Vikings going well. Broncos probably got their tails up a little bit. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's, it's slim pickings, really. 
Paul Mitchell. Paul Mitchell is on mute. <laughs> Never a bad thing. Uh, I was going to say exactly the same Vikings, Broncos. However, I will go Steelers at Browns, both six and three. Uh, both interesting, not great teams at the moment, but hey, if you offered either of them after nine games to be six and three and a chance to kick on, this is a real interesting one. Can I say that if the Browns lose this, having done what they did to the Ravens last week, then they're not, they can't be serious contenders. They've got to win this one to prove that they can build on the back of a good one. What's your concept of a good team? A team that can go into, not just qualify for the playoffs, Charles, because the Saints are likely to qualify for the playoffs. One that can challenge literally for the championship game. Mm. That, to me, is, is, is a good team. One that you would feel confident saying, yes, I could envisage that team in the championship game. Not the playoffs, because the Saints could reach the playoffs. The Jets could reach the playoffs. They are not good teams. So, so you're talking that- of maybe about three teams in each conference, basically. That's what you're saying. So you're saying? You that, could, are you saying that there's six good teams and everything else is utter average or dross? No. What, what I'm what I'm saying to you here, this is a chance to see whether Cleveland can make it, and actually we can treat them as being a serious contender. They're obviously a step below the Bills. I, well, the, all the teams that lost last week, but you're trying to see whether a team can go slightly further than just reach the wild card round. I don't, I don't know that you can say that the Browns are contenders if they beat a Steelers team who have been out. No, it's a, it's another step. That's what I'm saying. It's another step to it. If they don't beat them, they're, they're charlatans. Last week, we all said um, it was perhaps time for Deshaun Watson to actually play a good game against a team that mattered, and he did. Albeit not in the first minute, of course. Sorry, Gordon. Um, I don't think he the... played a good game. I think he played a good fourth quarter. Exactly, which well. is when it matters. Kenny Pickett's got arguably one of the best records in the fourth quarter of any quarterback going since he came into the league. These two teams are very similar in many aspects. You don't want to play them in the playoffs. You don't want to play them in week 17 or week 18 if you need to win because they're going to hang around like a bad smell. And Gordon knows it because there's a better than even chance that there's a it's going to be a divisional game that the Ravens are going to have in the playoffs. Yes, the, that's div- exactly divisional what you games do not want. No, you definitely don't want to play divisional divisional games again. The AFC North, uh, the worst case scenario for the Ravens is three or four teams in the AFC North making it. Although, yeah. I, so I'm already dreading the hot takes that are going to happen at the end of this season for every AFC team. Good AFC teams this year are not winning a playoff game because there's too many good teams in the conference. Well, but we just established from Paul that there aren't any good teams. There's Paul's wrong, like though. <laughs> gentle be gentle for all, all the alleged good teams in the alleged good conference got beat at the weekend so by we buy, buy teams in that same conference because the conference is really good top it's i think i think where it's interesting is that actually any team in that division can almost beat any team which is where it's it's really close and it's then are they good or not will depend on which how good the nfc contender is when it comes to the super bowl yes. i think the challenge the afc is going to have is it's going to be a really difficult postseason up until the Super Bowl. There's any team any team coming into it is going to be a bit more banged up than I would expect the NFC equivalent to be. But it's also but the NFC Super Bowl participants almost definitely going to be Philadelphia, Detroit, uh San Francisco, maybe Dallas. They're all good teams. It's just that in the AFC there's probably 
another two, three, four teams who would who would give those teams a game. Versus in the AF in the AFC, if you somehow get to the Super Bowl and you avoid one of those four teams, you've won. There you go. Next week, um, listeners, send in what is a good team. Please send your uh, audition and uh, list why a team that Paul doesn't think is a good team might actually be a good team after all. So Paul's now gone. So actually, <laughs> he, had to drop. he doesn't know that. I just added this to the, <laughs> the end are of you, this completely pointless conversation. Let's get some clarity on it, though. Are you asking just what's a good team and they have to name yes. a team name? Or are you getting them to write a definite, no, da- diary no, definition? We, we do not need our Patreons giving us team names. Right. What I would like them is to be able to define what is a good team. Define, fine. fine. Define not a, a diary team. definition, like I no. said, a dictionary definition. I don't uh, want a diary definition. <laughs> Because um, I think some people I'm, have got different perceptions of what a good team actually is. Yes, so. yes, indeed, indeed. Um, You've never asked me about what, what game I'm looking forward to. This I'm weekend. just coming round to it. What game are you looking forward to? Uh, I've no, actually no, forgotten because they are all like shite. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, genuinely, um, I don't have much interest in any of the games this weekend, apart from what game looks fun. Um, while he's thinking, Gordon, what did you say in the end? Because it wasn't Thursday here. night football. What did you say? Monday night. Fine. Monday night football. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, it's head and shoulders above everything else. Um, I do. I happen to think the Eagles will win that. But anyway, um, Thursday night football is actually the best game of the week, frankly, because as Gordon said, the Raven, the Bengals are desperate. The Ravens are looking to bounce back, and they hate each other. So it'll be good. I mean, I'll have a passing interest in what's going on at Lambeau. I'd like to think they could beat the Chargers, but it's not. It's not a big shake and bake in the grand scheme of things, to be honest. So there isn't. There aren't that many good games this week. What am I looking for? I'm looking for from a couple of teams a bit of a response. I want to see the Jaguars stomp all over the Titans because um, I've adopted them as my second team in honor of my nine-year-old, who's a massive Jaguars fan, and he came in on Sunday night. Because we've been out on Sunday, he played playing rugby, and he came in, and he said, "I said, oh, the Jaguars are playing the 49ers and it's live on the telly. Come in and watch it." Turned on the laptop. Oh no, don't come in. It's thirty-seven-three, and he and he looked at me and he went, "You're kidding." I said, "Yeah, it's thirty-seven-three. I thought they were meant to be good." He said, and I said, "Don't worry. This is what happens when you support any kind of sports team. You inevitably will be disappointed, son." And he just looked in disgust and walked out. <laughs> So I like I want to see them bounce back. I'd like to see the Bills prove that they're not complete mediocre nonsense. And I don't know. I don't think there there's genuinely isn't much there. there. You know the one person who has been really interesting for me in the last sort of three or four weeks um, is Sam Howell because I like the I like the I like the cut of his jib to call it that. I like the fact that he looks like a quarterback that Washington could finally maybe get behind. Um, they're a sorry franchise. They've had all sorts of problems, and actually, he's quite—he's—he's he's quite, he's quite watchable. He has a lot more promise than I thought. Mm. Got beat and, by this season's Giants already. Yeah. So you know what? Go and win that game because they've got half a chance of getting in the playoffs. The Commanders. <laughs> so go and smash Tommy DeVito and chums. So that leaves you with not an awful lot to to play with at the end of that. Um, I think that the you can watch the Niners. That's fine. Make mincemeat out of Baker Mayfield. Just doing a bit of admin there. Um, 
I think that live the game, on the podcast. Live on the podcast. Uh, terrible. My wife's getting a one-time passcode for the credit card, so she needs it, and I typed it out wrong, so I had to go. No, I'm not typing anyway. That's fine. Um, <laughs> can you send me the one-time passcode, please? I can. <laughs> Never share your one-time passcode. Um, I think the game that I'm probably most looking forward to, given what I've been left with, is actually Bill's Jets. And the reason that the Bills Jets is relevant is that Bills offense with their sacked coordinator up against that Jets defense. And I think that's the story that I'm interested to see. And if the Jets can somehow sneak a win, they'll go above the Bills and have that game in hand. Now, we don't know when Aaron Rodgers is coming back. This is where Zach Wilson earns his keep. And this is where he keeps them in the mix. Can he do it against the Bills, the team that are perhaps just a little bit knocked of confidence? They, however, need to bounce back. And as we saw with the Niners, that's going to happen eventually. So can they do that? I think it's a fascinating narrative game won't necessarily be that fascinating to watch it fully play out but yeah still interested to see what's going on uh thankfully though we've got a cracking set of fixtures when it comes to the live event on the 26th though we've got uh some really good games that are worth coming along make sure that you come along to the golf tavern and join us for a night of nfl action but that is the full-time whistle for this episode of stramash thanks for taking the time to listen as ever share your thoughts with us on social media uh and before i wrap up i'm going to do what i've done the last couple of weeks and remind myself we've still not picked a whiskey winner so before i do that jamie uh, i'm going to let you do it i need a number between one and 21 20. We have Kenny Law. Oh, still bar himself. Well, there you go. Congratulations <laughs> to Kenny Law. I'll cheer him um, up after the yep. backwards pass. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, a bottle of Stramash whiskey and one portion of stool butter heading your way, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it pairs with the Lomond whiskey, but you oh. can let us know. Right. <laughs> aromas of this is buttery mean. stools <laughs> I don't think I'm even going to edit any of this oh no um, this might be the last we might not make it to the milestone of 250 <laughs> we might just have to sign off at the golf tavern and go off into the distance right <clears throat> Thank you for taking the time to listen to this. And every single episode, we really appreciate it. Do join up for our Patreon if you haven't already. It's £3 a month. Uh, That goes towards funding this podcast, keeping us going. As part of that, you get some exclusive content, behind-the-scenes stuff, and you get access to our WhatsApp group that, let's be honest, is probably the biggest value that you get out of it. Uh, Nonsense every single week, every Sunday. It's basically just us arguing and other people actually adding valuable content. So, you know, we are leaning on our Patreons heavily for their football insights and it's a great channel but yeah that's it we'll speak to you again very very soon we'll be back next week as we pick apart all the pieces for week 11 but until then bye for now